0: We are going to pray and then get to work. Father, uh, we come before you, God, and just thank you for this chance to um, gather again. Um, Father, I pray that as we are here, um, your spirit would move among us, uh, open our hearts, open our minds, open our eyes and our ears to what you have to teach us through your word. Father, I pray that um, it would just strike us and move us to love. And we thank you in Jesus good name amen okay uh, this morning we are going to be continuing on in James um, it's what we've been going through the past couple of weeks a uh, little series we're doing uh, this morning um, if you brought your Bibles we are going to be in James 1 18 through 27 so if you would turn there with me we're going to read um, Scripture should be on the screen if you hadn't brought your Bible. So, of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Sorry about that. Kids, go ahead. Kids Church is available. Picking up in verse 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious, does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Okay, so, there's a lot there. Um, we're going to unpack this this morning. Um First, what I really want us to take a look at is verse 18. Um, James says, of his own will, that being God, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be kind of first fruits of his creatures. I want to focus on what this word is. Okay, Um, This word of truth. That's where I want to be first. Um, So I'm going to ask the question, what is this word? Um, Throughout James, we find it, but also throughout the rest of... Um, the New Testament, we find. Um, I don't have these on the screen, but we've got a couple of scriptures that I want us to turn to. Um, first one being Colossians 1.5. Be- because of the hope that you have laid for all, sorry, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, that's the verse, first part, this is the part I want us to focus on. Of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel. Okay, Now on to Ephesians 1.13 In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him, were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. Um, the next one I had was 2 Timothy 2.15 um, telling us the same thing. This word that James is talking about um, its the gospel. It is the gospel of Jesus. So Real, real quick, we've already figured out what this word is. Now I want to talk about why it's so important and why James focuses so much on this. James tells us that God brought us forth. Um, brought us forth by his own will, by this word. This word, um, his gospel, before we have ever heard it, before we ever knew it, we were just dead to God. That's, that's what we were. We were sinners who were dead to God but he brought us forth um, throughout the rest of the New Testament, especially in Romans. James, um, Paul, a lot, tells us that we have been made new creations. This idea of being born again. So, as, as we've been born again, it's this word that, that makes us born again. When we hear the gospel, when we hear what Jesus has done for us, that is what, that, that is what brings us to life and makes us be born again. Jesus tells Nicodemus in John 3 um, that we must be born of the Spirit. And Nicodemus just doesn't get it. And and Jesus goes on to tell him, "You, you shouldn't be confused by this. You must be born of the Spirit. The Spirit blows wherever it wishes, and no one knows where it comes from, and so it is with those who are born of the Spirit. So as Christians...
1: We don't know when this is going to come to us. Before we know Jesus, we don't know when this might come to us. When His Word
0: comes and implants in our heart, we just don't know when that's going to happen. But when it does, we're made new creations. So, we this Word, it's truth. It's what is there. It's what is, um, in verse 21, says it is implanted in us. I want us to focus just for a second. It is, it's really important to distinguish between knowing the Word and, and knowing it. Um, this word of truth, okay? We can know it with, with all that we are. Just everything in my head. Um, if any of you have seen the book of Eli, I'm not going to ruin it for you, but if any of you have seen it... <laughs> sorry, Glenn. Um, this guy, he has memorized the entire scripture in his head. Um, I could I could sit for years and do that but in the end, still not have been brought forth. This idea of being a new creation. Um, it's really important, guys. I want us to to, to think that through. Um, Jesus, again in John 8, um, specifically John eight thirty-seven, Jesus tells the Pharisees that he's talking to, he says, you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. These are the religious leaders of his day that he just is getting sick and tired of hearing these guys give all these rules to the people of his day. And so he tells them, Listen, you're, you're trying to kill me because I'm telling you truth and my word finds absolutely no place in you. Whether you know the entire scriptures or not, you can know them front to back, but you don't know them. It finds absolutely no place in you. It has not been implanted. Like verse 21 says, um, this implanted word, again, I keep mentioning in verse 21. We'll read it again. Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. That last part, this, this word that we receive, is able to save our souls. God's word, the Bible, the scripture, it is his way. It is God's way of preserving and saving us. Once we, once we are here what Jesus has done for us, um, if, if we understand that and we get that, if the Spirit allows us to know what that means, we are saved. And that, is, that Word is implanted in us forever, for all of eternity, and it is what God uses to save us. So, the importance of this really gets overlooked a lot Um, I want to quote a pastor from Minneapolis, his name is John Piper very, very good um, lover of God he says if the word of God does not rank with your most cherished possessions, you need to do a reality check in your life really guys Um, I want you to think of the most of some of your most cherished possessions in your life in your home, um, whatever take a second, think about those does the word, does the scripture, does God's word pop up in there with that? Um, does it pop up before your kids? Does it pop up before your spouse? Does it pop up before your car? Um, that awesome big, big screen TV you wanted. Does it pop up before that? Because if it doesn't, there's a serious heart issue there. Um, and, and this is a tough thing to do especially on a holiday weekend I know um, but we really really need to take time away and, and take it for ourselves to see where we stand with scripture where we stand and how much we cherish God's word because it is so important again James says it is able to save our souls so do you cherish it again because if you don't Need to, be, need to be rethinking some stuff. So, um, we've talked about what this word is, why it's important. Um, again, I'm just going to say, can never understate how important God's word is in our lives. Um, that was kind of a focus on verse 18. Now I want to move down to verse 21 to really, really pick this apart a little bit. James says to receive the implanted word which is able to save your souls. So we've received it um, when, when we become Christians, when, when the Spirit blows on us and implants this word in our heart. We received it then, yes. But this idea of receive, um, it's not the idea of receiving once. Okay, it's not the idea of receiving, you know, a gift for a birthday or um, you know when we we're born, we receive our organs one time. We don't get them over and over and over again. This idea of receiving is receiving it afresh, new, daily, like you would receive oxygen. Um, Who in here can live without oxygen? No one. Okay. Besides Austin, weirdo. Okay. (laughs) This idea of receiving oxygen, we we breathe it in, it fills our lungs, and it sends out oxygen to the rest of our body through, through our blood. If you think that you could go without oxygen, you say, oh... I'm going to hold my breath, wait till next Friday, I'll be good. No, you are going to be blue in five minutes and on the floor. We receive God's Word. God's Word is like oxygen to our lives. We, we read it, it renews us, it carries blood to us. We just, we have to see receiving God's Word as, as receiving life. It is what helps us live is it it gives us instruction on how to live gives us instruction on how to be lovers of God and doers of good so a little more about receiving um, the the next idea of this receiving isn't like receiving a blow to the head say Um, how many people like to get just punched in the head I I don't Um, (laughs) where I work we've I work in a paint factory in Kankakee, and this department I used to be in, we have these huge tanks that hang out of the ceiling, and they're just massive, and they're bolted in. Some of them hold over 1,000 gallons of paint, and at the bottom, there's this valve sticking out of it so that you can hook up um, whatever and fill the paint. Well, the valve comes about right here, right right at head level, Um, and when I used to work in there, we were told that we had to wear hard hats when we were around these things. Um, the thing about companies and big industries is that they don't buy hard hats for individuals. They just stock them and then give them to you when they hire you. And I've got a really, really big head, so so the hard hats that they gave us, that they gave me, was like a little beanie on top of my head, and it just it didn't look cool. And of course, when I'm at work, I have to look, I have to look cool, you know. And so I didn't, I, I never wore my hard hat. Well, one day I was working on something over here, and I turned. And just smack this tank valve with my head. And there's blood dripping down. And I am just, it didn't move at all. And I am just just curling in pain because I've got paint seeping into my bloodstream now. And it's just, it hurts. This is not what James is talking about when he tells us to receive this word. It's more along the lines of receiving a best friend who you haven't seen in a really, really long time. Um, Most of you guys know, I've got my my best friend in the entire world, a guy named Tom. um, He was stationed in Iraq um, a year ago, and he came home in February. And I'd only seen him once in that entire year. So when he came home, he told me, you know, hey, I'm going to be home such and such date. So I showed up at his house that morning, and I see him inside the house as I park in the driveway. And he's coming through, and he comes out of the garage door that leads into the house, and I park and I get out of my Jeep and we just stand there and we look at each other. And Tom just starts running and running and jumps and literally leaps into my arms and wraps his legs around my waist. And we were just hugging. It was, it was one of the greatest moments um, with him. And I know that seems really weird, but um, that's the idea of receiving this word. We need to receive it like best friends that we just want to hug and jump into its arms. Um, so every time you think of how awesome God's Word is in receiving it. I want that picture in your head. <laughs> this, is, this is the very idea of receiving God's Word. Okay, so there are different kind of application here, a little bit. He tells us to receive it. How? How do we receive God's Word? Well, we read it. Um, we read to receive it. How many times have you ever read Scripture because you, you're like, oh, you know, I haven't, I haven't read my Bible in a couple of days, so I should probably open it up and just read it. I've done that. I'm guilty of that. have been there. Um, and so I just read through real quick, you know, check off my to-do list, and you're like, awesome. Got that done for the day. Now I can go to work. Um, that's, not what, that's not what James is saying. We need to read Scripture to receive it. And part of the, one way we do that is after we read and reread sometimes, you take it with you throughout the day. You think about it. It's in your head, you, you pray over it, you, you meditate on it so that it permeates through all, all areas of your life. Because uh, I'm here to tell you, if, if you sit at your desk at home with it, read it, close it, go out, it's not, it's not going to have any effect on your life. Because you're just going to go out and continue thinking about what you need to get done, who you need to see, those kinds of things. But if you go and you've got some quiet time at work, quiet time in the car, um, whatever, and you you think about that and you pray about it and you meditate upon it, you're going to see opportunities pop up to be obedient to that Word, to be obedient to what God is telling us through His Word. Um, So that's one way. Um, He says to receive with meekness. Who knows what meekness is? It's a really old word that we don't use anymore, but I like it. It sounds like meerkat. Um, meekness. Sorry. That's just an aside for me. Um, re- receiving God's Word with meekness means that we don't receive it doubtfully. We don't read Scripture and say, but does, does Jesus really mean this when He says this? Or does God really want me to do that? Or is it just a good idea? It's not, that's not. No, we don't read doubtfully. Read Scripture as if the God of the universe, because this is what it is, is speaking into your life. The God who created the heavens and the earth, who wiped out the entire population except for seven people, because they were so evil and disgusting in his sight. Read as if he is speaking into your life, because he is. We we don't doubt that. Don't don't come at it. Also, I I can really do this sometimes. I can come at Scripture and Start reading and say, okay, I know what that means. I know what that means. I know what he's trying to tell me here. Don't come arrogant or cocky. Come with a humble heart and say, Father, teach me here. What, what do you want me to learn from this? Because we could read through James now and in a year read through James again and God is going to teach us something totally different. So, so don't don't come at Scripture like you know it all. And don't come at it partially. Don't, don't receive God's word partially. Um, you know, Jesus said to love my neighbor. I can, I can deal with that. I, I like my neighbors for the most part. Um, love my friends. But that loving my enemies part, I'm not so sure about that. I, yeah, I don't feel like doing that. Jesus isn't king over part of our lives. He is king over everything in us. Okay? So, His word. Don't come at it partially. Um, again, going back, I don't want to understate how important God's word us. God's word is for us. First Thessalonians 2:13 says that the Word of God is at work in you believers. Paul's telling the people that it is at work in you, it is a living, active thing. Um, Hebrews 4 says God's Word is living and active. it is there. It is not just words on a page, it is life, okay? Really, I want to f- drive that home with us. God's Word is life to us. So, we've talked about what it is, what, what is this Word. We've talked about why it's important. We've talked about how we receive it. And I want to talk about, and this is what Trey really wanted me to preach on, <laughs> how, we, how we rightly respond to God's Word. So, um, again, we're going to read some uh, out of James in this passage. Verse 21, sorry, verse 19. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Okay. Applicationally, this is some of the ways that we respond to God's Word. Be quick to hear. James is telling us, listen, open your ears. When when somebody is teaching, when somebody is preaching, when you're listening to the radio, whatever, when you're reading the Bible, open your ears. Listen. Listen. Don't, don't have other junk going around in there. Listen. Listen intently as if your life depends on it. Slow to speak. How many people in here, when you're having a conversation with somebody, you're just thinking, as they're talking, you're thinking of how you're going to respond. You know, you're, you're like, okay, he said this, this is how I want to respond. Way before the sentence is even done. I'm guilty of that. Um, I, I get this far off look in my eyes Of how I'm going to respond to what he said It's just not a good thing Don't do that Be slow to speak You listen and take it in Think about it Listen to what's going on Don't Don't, don't just get up right away and say Okay this is, this is what I read This is what it means And you're going to get up um, And start teaching it In 20 minutes don't do that. Don't just don't do that. Listen to what God is telling us, and then He says, "Slow to anger." Um, I don't know about many of you, but there are times when I read Scripture, and I am convicted so much by what God is is telling me in His Scripture that I actually have gotten angry. Anybody else been there? That like I can't pull any examples out, but I just get so upset at what. At what is convicting me, I get I get angry. Um, Mark Driscoll, he's a pastor out in Seattle. Um, he said in one of his books that he wrote, he said it's it's amazing how fast our church has grown because basically what I do is I, I he said I preach to young men and it's like i um, I'm preaching and these words are just kicking them in the groin, but they bring their friends back next week. These. These people get angry at what what is happening in their hearts because they're being convicted. Um, but they eventually, by God's grace, are able to turn around, see what, what good is there, and then bring people with them. This is, this is how we need to be. We need to not get angry when we are convicted of sin, but say, okay, God, you've convicted me of this. How do I make this right? the anger of man this is verse 20 the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of god when we get angry upset it it doesn't show people that we are followers of jesus so he says the anger doesn't produce righteousness of god what does we see in verse 21 put away all filthiness rampant wickedness so we 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 take What God has convicted us of of, and we put it away. We we get rid of it and be done with it so that we can receive the word. Verse 22. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. James is telling us it's very, very simple here. You read God's word. You take it in. Don't let it stop there. Don't just think about it. Don't just pray about it. Do those things but let it affect your life. Don't just you know walk out of your house and say, "Oh, that was that was a good lesson I just learned out of my Bible," and then continue living how you work. Let it affect you. Re- confess your sin, maybe if, if you're convicted of it, confess it, and then repent of it. Be a doer. Okay, this is this is evidence of God's work in our life when we do and are obedient to the Scripture that God has put before us, that, is, that shows everybody else that we are Christians, that we love Jesus, and that we want to live for Him. So when, when people see change in your life, that's how they know. He says, if, if you don't do that, if you don't let the Word change you, you're just you're not only deceiving yourself, but you're trying to deceive God. You can't, but you're trying to. This one's fun. I like this one. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself, goes away at once, and forgets what he was like.
1: How many of you guys have
0: ever looked at yourself in a mirror and then turned around and forgot what you were looking like? What this this looks like is me looking in a mirror, studying myself intently for like five minutes, turning around and saying, I've got this nice, beautiful, thick head of hair just not true just not true this is what it's like when we listen to God's word but don't act on it you would, you, if, if I were to come up to any of you and say look at this nice full thick head of hair I have you guys would call me a fool and you'd say I'm dreaming it, just, it, it's, it doesn't work that way we need to act on what we've been, on what we've been shown Okay, so we, we respond rightly when we let the word permeate into every area of our lives. And so we, we bring up this idea of confession, repentance, that type of thing. Um, so much in the American church, I feel that we have messed up this idea of confession and repentance. We, we say the word confession, and we think, okay, I confess my sins sounds good we say the word repentance I think and, and this is in my experience at least we say the word repentance we still think of confession we think that repentance is oh I just confess my sins to God and go on living no this idea of repentance and, and I'm sure a lot of us know this but I just want to drive it home more okay? this idea of repentance is that we have sin it's, it's here we are holding on to it God's Word convicts us. We repent. We, we confess it. We say, God, here it is. But that's not all. We, we need to let it go. We need to turn from it and walk towards Jesus. That is repentance. It's not going to happen in a day. Okay, A life of repentance will be seen over a lifetime. You're not going to see it happen in two, three, four days. You're going to see it happen over the course of weeks, months, years and that is what the life of a Christian is about it is a life of continual repentance how many times have you felt just so far away from God just like you are just so far away you can't hear him he's not speaking to you Um, the problem it it may not be this but most likely the issue may be that you aren't living a life of repentance you keep confessing your sin but you keep living in that sin um, often the distance between us and God is repentance. It's, it's as simple as that. Um, so as James is telling us to respond, he wants us to be people who repent. Not just confess, but people who repent and turn from our sin. I've got a friend who said, um, I was just having lunch with him this week, he said when, when his daughter was a little younger, um, he'd be brushing her hair, you know, one side of her hair. And then he'd look at her. And to teach her the idea of repentance, he would say, repent. She's like, I don't know what that means. He's like, repent, turn, turn the other way. And so she would turn. And so now this little four-year-old girl knows what repentance is. Four years old, she knows what repentance is. That's awesome. I wish that we could have an understanding of repentance like this little girl does. Verse 25. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. When we live lives that are worthy and and good before God, when we live lives of repentance, James tells us we will be blessed. These are the promises that God gives us. He, He doesn't just say, do this because you have to. Says, do this because it, it, it is what is right it is the best way to live you will be blessed you may not receive the, the million dollars that you want but you will be blessed you, you will have better relationship with God you will have better relationships with people most likely and you're just going to know that your obedience is, is the best If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. When we live our lives in ways, especially with our tongues, James really points out here, with your tongue, you don't bridle your tongue, you're deceiving your heart, your religion is worthless. It is all worthless before God. He wants to see changed lives. That is why Jesus died. Not so that we can continue living the way that we do. We do. If we do that, it's simple. We are kindled. We are kindling. That's all we are if we continue living the lives that we did before we were Christians. He wants to see changed lives of repentance. And it is by His Word that He does this. I, again, I cannot express how important God's word, in his, God's word is in our lives. We need to understand that the God of the universe has given us instruction and hope and peace. And, and the only way this happens, guys, is, is through Jesus um,
1: I've been wrestling
0: with this idea um, for a little over a year now um, that Jesus is in every aspect of Scripture. It's sometimes it's really hard to see, um, but where we see Jesus here, um, I actually have written in my notes: "How is Jesus the hero of this story?" Um, we can't do any of this without Him. Okay, so so don't feel don't feel downtrodden, don't feel depressed if you don't do this. Feel hope that I may not do this now. But God has given me a way to to do this through Jesus. Jesus came into our lives, into the world as prophet, priest and king, um, all Old Testament ideas. He comes into our life as prophet by speaking truth into our life and convicting us of sin. He comes into our life as priest, by offering a way out of that sin, by offering us freedom and grace and forgiveness. And He comes into our life as King as He reigns over all of it. All of our lives, not just part. So let Jesus be your prophet. Let Jesus be your priest. Let Jesus be your King. So that, as James said, we will be blessed in our doing. Um, we're going to close this way this morning. Um, past couple weeks, as we've been going through James, Trey has had us recite these prayers these corporate prayers together Um, to show the importance of God's word I figured it would be appropriate to pray over scripture together Um, especially um, scripture talking about repentance so we're going to recite and pray Psalm 51 together it's going to be on the screen and then um, I'm going to pray the musicians will come forward and we will end our morning so so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Was me, and I shall be whiter than snow." Your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from blood guiltness, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise for you will not delight in sacrifice or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. So as we come before a good and loving and righteous God and see His Word, for what it is, we should be undone. And we come before God with broken and contrite hearts. And Psalm 51 tells us that God will not despise that. So we're going to pray. Father, as we close this morning, we just thank You for Your love. Thank You for sending Your Word to us. That through it we can know You and know Your will and know how You want us to live. Father, I just pray that we would live lives of continual repentance until the day that we come to be home with you. We thank you for all that you have done and given us. In Jesus' name, amen.